Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Mike Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick here to review last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Mm. Where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's AEW Dynamite. And what a go-home show ahead of Full Gear Sidge. I don't necessarily think it was a great go-home show. I don't necessarily think it was a great show, but I had so much fun with yeah. this, and I genuinely, for the first time in some time, there's been some really good dynamites in mm-hmm. this lull period. It's hard not to with a great roster. Um, I felt really encouraged by mm-hmm. the direction of certain characters, um, how some characters felt dialed in. Um, basically, this is the first time I've thought since in months, oh, God, are the... Elite back. Are the respective members of the elite actually back? They're trying um, again. <laughs> well, we don't know the extent to which that's true, mm. but it certainly felt like, I mean, they are, I guess in a, in a wider sense, it's almost discouraging that they have to go to these measures, but there was talk of course correction. Mm. There was talk of people are saying this, so we're not going to, you know. Um, but I, it really felt like an acknowledgement um, and it felt like a bit of show, don't tell. Last week, there was elements of this as well, that they acknowledged that certain things weren't going mm-hmm. particularly well. Um, this is a bit of show, not tell this week, and I was really encouraged by it. Yeah, I think like the last month or so, including the week where we were moved to do that podcast we did, which you can still find on YouTube about mm-hmm. the state of AEW. And still are, relevant. Yeah, and then like there are other ones out there as well. We're not alone in our criticism. I think most people within the space have had a lot of like, mm. varying issues with AEW this year. Even... In the, all the heat of that episode and the, like the various other things that were going on in AEW, I've been a, li- a little bit higher on the consensus on account of how low consensus on AEW has been. Mm. And I think this week was the culmination of a, like a quietly decent run. I would be lying if I said I was as hyped for full gear as I have been. Loads of other AEW shows over the year. But then anticipation for pay-per-view has been one of their biggest problems in 2023, mm. I think. I just get the sense that a lot more characters are moving in the right direction. Full gear isn't like any other AW pay-per-view I can remember. Typically, 
the feeling of culmination or if not the end of a program, this huge checkpoint in it. Like much like when I previewed, when I mentioned on the preview yesterday when we were talking about the big Sega street fight, mm-hmm. like they've just made a few messes and it's like time to live in the mess for a minute and then clean up and start again. And full gear is starting to feel to me a little bit like that. There's an mm. opportunity here to clean up a few messes and maybe end the year on a bit of a high. And you say this all the time with wrestling. It's the last thing you remember. If World's End goes as well as I think it might with the tournament that's about to start, with the MJF title picture, with the devil reveal, with a bunch of other things, lots of interesting loose threads. I think like people will reflect on 2023 like in the kindest way they probably have all year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of full gear, uh, Andy and I are doing a bit of a preview full gear later on today, but if you want to know Michael Sidgwick's thoughts, I'll ask him that on the uh, collision preview tomorrow, as well as him and I speculating as to who the new signing's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's dive into this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> I forgot about your catchphrase. Uh, it started with uh, Mox and Yuta versus Cassidy and Hook, and as the BCC are making their entrance, no messing about from Cassidy and Hook, they come flying through the crowd, there's brawling, there's head-biting, as Hook and Yuta manage to make their way to the ring to start things off, as Mox and Cassidy are just fighting through the stands. Uh, Hook hits a judo throw on Yuta, Moxley comes in, uh, makes the tag, dares Hook to fight him, and Hook obliges. It's a, a released German suplex. Mox comes back with a suplex of his own and Orange Cassidy slowly crawling his way to ringside, uh, basically. John uh, Moxley, I don't know I was talking by his first name there, <laughs> uh, goes for the short clothesline, but uh, Hook tries to put him in red rum. Uh, he gets saved, does Mox by Utah, who pulls Hook outside. Cassidy comes flying in with a d- dive to save his partner. He makes the hot tag. Top rope diving DDT on Mox. The little kicks that just fire up in intensity. Uh, Moxley counters a tilt world DDT um, into a sort of heart attack with Utah. Um, and we go to break. When we come back, Cassidy's still in trouble. Moxie's mocking the lazy kicks. Um, Cassidy tells him to bring it. Hits a drop kick. Um, Hook and Yuta go at it. Hook hits a Northern Light suplex for a two count. They collide with a double clothesline. Um, both slowly rise to their feet, and Mox just levels Hook from behind. Cassidy has to make the save. Hook hits Yuta with a lariat. Takes too long, though, and Moxie hits him with a cutter out of nowhere. Cassidy comes in, um, nails John Moxie with an orange punch, who is completely unaffected by it. Sends Cassidy out of the ring. Hook gets hit with a Death Rider. Yuta gets the seatbelt pinfall victory overhook and post-match Mox gets on the mic and tells Orange Cassidy he is and always will be nothing and he's going to grind him to dust and regain the international championship at full gear. Yeah, I've got a few, a lot of thoughts on this. Not many of them overwhelmingly positive, but I would say that they got there in the end and piqued my interest um, ahead of the international title match at full gear. Presumably they are going to add uterine hook as well. Off the back of this, for the uh, to the kickoff, yeah. potentially, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That's the finish. You can't not do that match now. You I get suppose. To an FTW title shot off the back of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it felt like I'd been lulled into something I didn't get with that brawl at the start. It's like, right, okay, cool. Like crazed brawl, maybe not a good idea to do on a show with the like dragon yeah. match. But you know, I'm into this. They've grabbed my attention uh, from the off, and then it just sort of descended into this kind of bland really long-feeling heat spot on Hook, and the crowd were really quiet and cold for this. And there were some nice bits sprinkled in. I did like Moxley, like, flailing, selling the threat of that red rum Mm. immediately. You know who was good at that? And I never give him praise on any podcasts, so I'm going to do it now. 
Triple H's panic stations when he got put in a submission. Mm. Like, why can't you sell like that all the time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of amazing at this. So Moxley did a really good job of doing that. Um, halfway protected hook in defeat, I guess. But I don't know. I just thought that there was a bit of a false promise with the way the match started with that brawl mm. in the crowd. And then it got into the ring and got pretty bland and cold and quiet and just there. So it hardly set the tone. Um, I understand in this sort of like post-digital world, there's not really such a thing as, you know how like the respective territories all had a different style mm. because the local market liked something else. Like in the southern states, they really went for some like just proper, unfussy, technical, stiff wrestling. In New York, they liked the big sort of local hero and broad brawling and Detroit, they liked the hardcore if that such a th- if that such a thing like that exists now in Cali, the home of PWG, I don't know. Maybe they like something a bit more effervescent, a mm. bit more. I mean, you saw it later in the night what they did get up for. So maybe this was a misjudged opener. Um, but I've been trying to get on board with Mox Cassidy too, and just I echoed the same thoughts as everybody else. It just feels like right. We couldn't pivot. We're not very good at pivoting. We'll just wait for the pieces to come together, wrestlers to recover, and just go again. And I'm like, right, it just felt like such an obligation to me, like a thing to do rather than a thing for me, the viewer, to get excited about. And I'm like, I love that finish. Mm. The eating the orange punch. It's like, oh, that's class. Mm. But it makes Moxie look like a badass. It sort of tells the story that maybe Cassidy's still really affected by this like really epic and painstaking title run. And they've built a moment in that match where Cassidy fails to do it again. And then when he does it and rocks Moxley, the idea is people are going to really get behind him and that's going to create some Mm. great drama. So I got there in the end, but I was a bit bored, truthfully, by this match. What do you make of the uh, the no-sell of the Orange Punch? And you said it's a means to an end, obviously, to get the the match on the pay-per-view. Were you surprised by you pinning Hook? I was, but I cared less than I thought I might Mm. for Hook getting Uh. beat. Um, That spot saved... This match and probably saved Saturdays, if I'm honest. Yeah. I was watching this tag match thinking that yet again, AEW have been undone by the confused character dynamics of the BCC. I'll put the lack of reaction to the like this kind of like flabby middle of this match down to still not really knowing how to receive uh Utah and Moxley. Like obviously Hook and Cassidy are baby faces, so you can do the heels by default thing. But John Moxley is too beloved for that, and we've seen that over and over mm-hmm, and over again. Mm-hmm. They have softened Utah's stance for other BCC-related stories, stuff like the House of Black and whatnot. So now it's like, no, no, like receive him as a heel again. He was trying to stop Hook or whatever, and that doesn't... like. And then also, he's like kind of hard a lot of the time, so you don't necessarily want to boo tough guy you. Mm-hmm. You want to boo pain in the arse, really, and not the guy that's like trying to be... Not the guy that Moxley got over in that yeah. series of yeah. matches last year. So again, I think that's what ruined this, and I'm sat there thinking... I was kind of back in. I'd got to where Sidric is with Cassidy Mox a week earlier with those um, dueling promos. I was, I was back out again halfway through this match. I was like, this is going to affect the match. They're not going to get that all out, like sort of furnace that they're chasing mm-hmm. at the pay-per-view at full gear. They're not. And then the no-sell of the punch created the thing, created the moment, the hook with which to hang this match on, basically. Orange Cassidy's hand is no longer covered in 3,000 bandages from a million title defences. It's fully good to go, and Moxley just stood it down and shook it off. What's he going to do about that? Yeah. There's that match. Put it in that bucket of glass or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's that match now, and, like, thank God for it. Um, it, 
fell quite short of my expectations and missed the mark. Uh, the BCC, it, it I does wish not work. Disband. It does not work, and it, it, no. and it impacts stuff. Like you can have your tastes and you can like things, but I think there is lots of evidence, like this match, of how it impacts, like the presentation. It feels like the BCC is now mocks and you uh, when it calls for it. Occasionally, Claudio and Danielson's just just off waiting for the Continental Classic. They are so much more of like a loose collective of like-minded individuals than an actual stable that can drive storylines with a true fixed identity. And do you root for them? Do you hate them? Mm-hmm. I have no idea anymore. One more thing on this: I watched Hook and thought it's excursion time. I think. Like, I don't think... When he was taking the heat, I felt nothing. Mm. Like, I understand he's the cold-hearted devil. That is his nickname. But he can't really be like that forever, especially when your order, uh, aura has gradually chipped away and you're no longer that fearsome young killer. Mm. Um, I feel like an excursion is overdue for Hook. Like, all the bloody promise in the world, yeah. just to uh, underscore that. Then we got the face-to-face between Hangman Page and Swerve. Uh, Tony Schiavone getting ahead of things by saying, any physicality tonight, not only uh, will the match be called off on Saturday, but they'll be suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, And you get Swerve and Hangman Page coming out, and Prince Nana, obviously. Uh, (laughs) And Tony says, uh, Swerve, how can you justify going into a man's house? And Swerve rips the mic away from him, and then... Hangman Page rips the mic away from him, saying he's got the answer. Swerve's a fraud, a phony, a dumbass. Uh, dumber today, dumbass. Than, <laughs> dumber today than he was two years ago when he got his dumbass fired. Uh, that was the one bad line because obviously WWE are dumb for that. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, that was the yeah. I that agree. was the one, otherwise tremendous. It was scorched earth. Other than that, he said uh, he told me two months ago he wanted to be world champion, but he hasn't got it in him. He can't cut it. He's not the man he thinks he is. This is why his fiance left him. This is why his kids don't talk to him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh boy. <laughs> I thought, you know that rule about physicality? I think it's about to get broken. Um, by the way, it, if I, just in case I forget, and I'm sure you two have got a lot to say about this, I love the fact that Swerve didn't say a word here. Mm. It says a lot about how confident he is in his character that he doesn't feel... Oh, his reactions yeah. facially were wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Paige says, you wanted to make it personal where you're a coward. Uh I don't surround myself with, uh, sorry, you don't surround yourself with friends or family, but just yes, men. Uh, if he wasn't such a dumbass, he'd know that Prince Nana is just using him. He comes out, he dances, he sells t-shirt, he makes his living off his back, and then when the show's over, he goes down to the hotel parking lot to buy weed from a high school kid. <laughs> Nana's reactions here were priceless as well, because he also says, after I beat your ass, Swerve, I'm going to beat yours, Nana, I'm going to steal your weed. And a, steal his weed chant. Uh, Swerve is not a Swerve, look at me, says Paige. You're not a man, you're a child. I worked with kids for a long time. How long was he a trio with the Young Bucks? Very funny. Yeah. Uh, he taught kids a lot of lessons. This Saturday, he's going to teach Swerve the last lesson of his pathetic life. Uh, he should have never come into my house. We don't need lawyers. We don't need the cops because at full gear, I'm judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> I'll take. It'll take. <laughs> I'll take Swerve to spend an eternity in Swerve's house at the bottom of hell. Uh, Swerve goes to go for the mic, but pays like. He, Nah, nah, I'm not done. Uh, he said, look, tonight's tip was that we couldn't touch one another. They didn't say shh about Nana, though. He nails Nana, mounts him and punches him. And Swerve, like, obviously wants to do something, but no, he's just going to... So he just sort of... Uh, 
beats him up. Swerve just kick. Uh, Swerve's watching as, as Hangman Page kicks the crap out of Nana. Swerve pulls him away, pulls him out of the ring, and Page is like, well, "I still want to kick someone's ass." So he just beats up security, hits a buckshot, and Swerve and Nana are just looking from the ramp. What a promo for Full Gear this was. Belt him up. That was my like. Uh, belt him up again. He I could. Swear, do where's it. this been? There yeah. it is. I understand that you can't do this all the time. Yes. Mm. But my God, this recent habit of save it till the go home show to do the fighter promo. Eh, how many, right? I'm going to be a friend again, Hamlet here. How many, like, awesome, venomous, like, oh, he's, he's bad, he's bad. How many of those promos did Punk cut in the MGF program? Oh. Like, every other week? It was every two. You'd have, like, hard soft, hard soft, every other week. Yeah. yeah. Punk, yeah. Like, you don't have to wait until the very end to make me want to believe in Hangman Page. Honestly, I was like, but he, Fox Mulder. I, I want to believe in the elite. <laughs> you ever seen season one of the X-Files? It's good. We he were, is so hot. Yeah, we were. David rude. Duchovny is so unbelievably handsome. Sex appeal. Like, he's got that, like, laconic vibe. The Simpsons made a gag in it, didn't they, where he's, like, in the sort of speedos for the FBI picture. <laughs> he's got that laconic vibe. He's got, like, the dry wit. And, like, he's passionate about something. Bone structure, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I'd, and I'm watching X-Files. Yeah. Like in, like, a non-pervy way, like, the, the various aliens and that, like, they're real. In the show, in the context of the show, they're real. And you're like, oh, so he's right as well. Yeah. So he's fighting against yeah. the man, against the sisters. Yes. Like, Eugene Victor Tombs, as scary as The Undertaker ever friggin' was. Yeah. Oh, Tombs. Oh, yeah, I watched the, tomb, the first <laughs> appearance of Tombs the other night, oh my god. Uh, I, I want to believe in Hangman Page, and he showed me. He didn't mm. tell me. They didn't do this, oh, you know, we're going to come back, or we're going to course correct. He showed me. Mm. Didn't read his Wikipedia page either. No. no. <laughs> this is absolute class. Like, I understand that you can't do this all the time. A bit more often mm. would not go amiss. Um, and I did very much develop a parasocial relationship with the cowboy Hangman Page um, throughout his like low moments, his anxieties, his depression, his lack of confidence. And then I went on that journey with the character and then he kind of did it again and again. And it's weird. Like I asked myself the question when I was writing ups and downs, culture.com slash WWE. Um, how many personal crises can one person have? Oh, several because I, you know, <laughs> I have them. Yeah. But if you do it too much in storylines, it just becomes a crutch. Like how much can it possibly like be effective? Um, but what I loved about this is that for too long, Hangman Page has become like that sort of one-dimensional version of himself this year mm-hmm. when he's been on TV. And I've missed, I know he still sometimes get it with the lower Chirons, right? I've missed AEW when it wasn't going for broad comedy and skits and slow motion. AEW being incidentally funny, where you're not trying for, to go for laughs all of the time, Sometimes it's just folded into what you're doing. Like Britt Baker in 2020, Paige in the same era, like just yeah. incidental comedy. There was a bit where I remember how one of the funniest things I've seen Hangman Page do is where they cut to him and he didn't realize he was on camera and he was just having a drink and he just turned to the camera. It was great. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And they've got that energy. We've got that energy, like finally. Mm. The visual of him with a foot on Nana's chest. Stand already. <laughs> like, people don't just want Hangman Page to be doubting himself like no. we all do yeah. and have anxieties. 
like we all do and can now finally talk about. Like, the guy's a badass, he's really witty, and the idea of him being that sort of action movie hero for the new generation, Mm. he really bottled that energy tonight, and I thought his delivery, his conviction was outstanding, and I don't care about the rubbish plot holes in this program anymore because I am bang up for some Texas. Just, yeah, just I think that's a great take. Just three-dimensional again. Just be three-dimensional. Yeah, like, Paige, on that rise, was all things... Yeah. He, like, the physical aspect of his game was fighting against... Was stunning. Was fighting against, like, these mental, like, weaknesses that he felt he had, you know? And it was like, no, you can pull all that together because you're a human being and most of us do it. And a lot of that has been lost because even when the matches have been good, the character's been phased so far back that you've lost that dimension of it. And it did all coalesce here. Mm. I, I'll say this about Paige, right? I felt that this swerve, where I thought he'd done a great job, just merely by existing in this programme, was that I felt pretty much from Wrestle Dream that this was going to be the making of Swerve. Hyman Page has been a fantastic gatekeeper. He's done the exact right job mm. in standing back just enough to elevate Swerve because coming out of this, win, lose, or draw... We're all talking about Swerve in the title picture. Well, now I don't know. Yeah, well, now I, not in terms of what Swerve's yeah. position, but I, going into this, if you'd have asked me to do the predictions yesterday, I'd have gone, well, obviously Swerve wins, but now it's fired up page, yeah. And it does matter, but it doesn't, because wrestling's a business, and yeah. ultimately you've got to get Swerve there. And, and I think this program... Swerve could lose and do really well in the tournament. Yeah, like, and I think that might be how it goes too, and I think that's another reason why you don't get the brackets right now, because otherwise it reveals potential finishes. Um and Swerve, yeah, 2024 was always going to be potentially Swerve's year. So I think you could already measure this Hangman Page rivalry as a success, even if week on week there's been a lot of plot holes or a lot of like moments that came so close and then failed or whatever reason. I think this did, this was a reminder of how successful Page can be at very least. If never again as the top guy, definitely as a made man that can help make other top guys. And that's like a huge credit for a company as young as AEW and a, mm. somebody with like relatively little t- television experience as a hangman page. Like I have to give him huge credit because he's not my week to week favorite, but like what a spot he occupies and what a, what a promo he can deliver in the clutch. Like as he has to yeah. the little detail, by the way, that like where this was like proper AEW versus like versus the little entrance graphics saying, <laughs> going to invest in better security. No, 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 no. Tone is all wrong. The bit in here where he said, look, it's not about uh, police. No, we don't a, need cops. Yeah, yeah. That, like that's an important line because that is, that's answering yeah. like, criticisms as they should. I will not press charges if you put me in text death with him. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to, like, wrestling's so dumb. It's but, very, very dumb. <laughs> and, like, wrestling matches have decided parenthood of children they've decided <laughs> things that the law court should be getting involved in. But as long as you tell me why the match is replacing... You, you know, like sort of a, a law court deciding somebody's guilty. I'll buy it, yeah. and that's what they sold me here. Uh, we go backstage. Lexi Nair's there with Roddy Strong and the Kingdom. Uh, Strong calls Cole on the screen. Uh, he's just recovering, obviously. He says, uh, Adam, I know who the devil is. It's definitely Max. And Cole's like, I don't care. It's just tiresome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, maybe you're the devil. That's what the devil would say. And Strong says, no, 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 all my life. I'm telling you, MJF's the devil, and Cole just hangs up. I, in, on one hand, I hate all of this. If I'm looking for positives, on one hand, it's good that Adam Cole's realized I'm bored to tears of this charade. You don't need the wheelchair. You're trying to do, you're trying to separate me from MJF. I know what you're doing. If, you, if you're trying to place this in a somewhat wrestling-y context, Cole's doing something good, I guess. Um, I just hate all of this. I hate all of this so much. The end. 
I think I like speculating on who the devil is, and I think it's ruled out Roddy Strong and the kingdom. I think it put Adam Cole back in the frame as a like potential to actually be the one behind the mask. So and as selective ruled out Punk and Brit, I think. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, which, he knows you know, he knows it's not very good. Yeah. Um, and he's just mocking it, just taking the piss, isn't he? But like, it's just k- killing time until next Saturday, probably. Oh yeah, if anything. Uh, yeah. The I, is this a defense or not? I feel like I always think about Cody in 2019 as a babyface I didn't like, and arenas went ape for mm. right. That Adam pop in the guy. I know, and this. I think this with their the certain terror. I think this is about the MJF segments, right? He's, these MJF segments were always hot. They do well with viewers. And I know like, you could just think what you can feel, whatever the hell you mm-hmm. like. But I watch that and I think, well, like, I like it, but a load of people don't. It's like, well, sometimes maybe just surrender to that noise and accept. But it, but I get Sidgwick's face as well. Like, I, it's, you don't have to you don't have to like it even if you hear that noise. But I don't chalk that off as nothing. I think it's l- almost nothing. I would say it's low-hanging fruit. It's a silly catchphrase. It it's is in-person meme stuff a little bit, isn't it? It's in-person it's, meme it's stuff. Me, it's a it's, silly catchphrase. Yeah. Right, okay. Here's a example and analogy for you, right? If you go and watch a show, mm-hmm. or no, if you watch it on your telly, right, and a prelim heel comes out and says, uh, oh, the Bulls, he's in Chicago. Yeah. The Bulls, uh, you know, my opponent tonight is going to be about as successful as uh, the Chicago Bulls. Wrestler X, he hasn't won anything big since the 90s either. You wouldn't watch that and think top heel, no money drawing act. You can get reactions from wrestling crowds and they don't necessarily, they're not substantive. Yeah. They don't earn money. Like I've said, right, every single time I go to a live wrestling show, I'm always amazed at, if I watched it on television and saw that heel do that thing, I'd just go, eh. When you're there, it's just so much fun yeah. to, like, mm. I was booing the hell out of Jack Perry when he did the, um, when he noped the Van Terminator spot. Yeah. She jumped off the rope and was just like, I'm not doing that. I was like, ah, oh, you dickhead, I wanted to see that. It's spectacular. And you deprived me of it, Jack Perry. It's <laughs> like, you deprived me of so much else. <laughs> um, if I watched that at home, I would have went, huh. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's just, there's volume, mm-hmm. and there's true emotion, and I think get them together, and that's pro wrestling, baby. That's it. You pay, like, if you see that and think, I want to participate in that, yeah, then it's more successful than just, I mean, the building some might as well. Yeah. And I guess it's trying to discern which reaction is which. Yeah, there's no emotion. It's just a sh- It's like a, a cheap local sports team pop. That It's in that tier of volume, if that makes any sense at all. You know when they did that run in Canada for a bit? Mm-hmm. They should do a run in... <laughs> they should do a run in, uh, run in England for a bit, because they, they, that never works. Like, hey, uh, hey guys, uh, what about uh, Manchester City? They suck, huh? And everyone's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, there's no... There's no yeah. Breaking the rules. Was, yeah. it, was it Jermaine Defoe at a... Aye, at the house show after a derby. That got heat. Yeah. Not from me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, guys. I've really messed my notes up here because uh, there's a woman's match in the first hour. I freaking told us it was. You are really apologetic. You should have believed in yourself. I, know, yeah. I, I just I get the peer pressure. I get sucked in. <laughs> like it's they do. They, they think they're clever doing the uh, last week. You never guess what they're going to see coming. We're going to mix it up. Like next week, last quarter hour. The rules have changed. 
It was, uh, of course, Red Velvet versus Sky Blue for the third spot in the TBS title match, an eliminator match, basically. And Chris Statlander's watching this backstage, and Julia Hart was shown later as well watching. Uh, we get a delayed sort of stare down after an early exchange between uh, Red and Blue. Uh, Velvet does her splits into a choke in the corner. Blue bails to the outside, doesn't want any of this. Uh, but she comes back as a result of that DDT on the apron. She hoys Velvet into the barricade and the steps to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Blue's firing off a, th- a thrust kick, tries to hit a follow-up powerbomb, but Velvet rolls through, uh, and they do that exchange of one-count pin attempts. Uh, they both connect on head kicks. There's a double down. Uh, Velvet uh, is a uh, Casador into a bulldog for two. They both try to go for a big, big shot, but um, Velvet uh, hits another bull- bulldog. Uh, no, sorry, goes for it, sorry, and Blue counters with the sky fall for a nice two count. Velvet counters the step up knee in the ropes into a power bomb with a stack, uh, hits a wheelbarrow victory roll out of the corner, tries for her finish, Blue rolls out of it, they trade thrust kicks, Blue blocks a merry-go-round kick, knee lift, code Blue, one, two, three. I was really surprised by this, pleasantly so. I don't think it was an amazing match, but I was uh, watching... Really quite impressed by how they raised that volume dial. Mm. I don't think they did anything particularly inventive to do that. Maybe you could argue they drew on a few popular cliched tropes to do it, but they did it, and it obviously worked. Like, I just like that feeling generally. I watch so much wrestling. There is so much more wrestling I feel guilty for not watching. I don't watch that much wrestling outside of the scope of our coverage. Because over the last however many years, I've seen so much wrestling. It's hard for me to get up for things. The best version of my episodic storytelling isn't hitting. The one I don't like, I don't like. So when I see something that takes me by surprise, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Did not expect this. Um, a bit of a cliched match, but a pretty loud and I would say really effective one. And they can both be really proud of it. Um, they did blow the finish a bit, but yeah. they'd done so much lung-bursting cardio to get there that I couldn't really go too foot on Yeah, that. exactly. I was, I was I felt bad for them in terms of just, ah, oh, just didn't quite nail the finish because they built it so well, the crowd were into it. Like you say, they were given plenty of time. I was, I was really impressed by this. This was so good when it was good and so hot when it was hot mm. that it was almost frustrating to me when it was sloppy. The ro- You said in your recap uh, after the multiple roll-ups, connect with kicks. And they no, didn't. they didn't. Yeah. What a nightmare moment that was for that to go wrong because the fans had gone up and up. And like, like Sidge's point, it's a trope. But like, my God, did the fans believe that rolling thing? Like, <gasps> gasp, 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 missed by a mile. <sighs> but then they got back in again. Mm-hmm. And then there would be another moment of sloppiness. And the finish was a little bit dicey. And it was like, you could, you were desperate to just surrender to it, basically. Yeah. I thought it was so great in places. And then there was just this like back down to earth with a thud. Ah, oh, that one went wrong. But like... Like I was sort of like it's patronizing when like we you, you feel this way about wrestlers. I was sort of rooting for them, but like yeah. not feeling like the result or like yeah. somebody's gonna make it to the paper. I was just like, this is a really great bit of business. Like I hope that connects, I hope that works. Like, yeah. Just a couple of times it mm-hmm. didn't. I um I'm glad Red Velvet's back. She doesn't mind a little bit of danger. Mm. Like not quite shotty black heart, and I'd say she's a better all rounder, but she does not fear. Yeah, in herself in trouble. <laughs> and I think that brings like a bit of spice. The sky blue continues to like rise. You can believe in her as well yeah. as a result of that. You know she wants it. She'll take risks to get it. Something might be happening with this division, you know? Like, nah. No? It's no, one it, of those. It's like when it happens, it happens. Yeah. I when I just, it happens, it happens. 
Like exposure, I think helps. I just feel like I'm seeing more yeah. wrestlers more regularly. Like the full gear title matches are not. Oh, well, they are better hoy the matches on the card. They're both off the back of stories that feature ancillary players as well. Like it might be the start of something. I just mm. feel like I know more about more than two women at a time in AEW. I didn't appreciate the bit where they told us, "Oh yeah, uh, Red Velvet got a victory on uh, Rampage," and then they said, "Oh, that was because uh, Ruby Soho got some flowers delivered or something." Yep. Head's been turned by a bloody bloke. Is that, is that the implication? Oh, cool hand, Ange. Oh, the romance uh, stuff, yeah, yeah. He's schwerpsing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine a bloke being distracted by... Yeah. One you meant to take seriously anyway. Yeah, the only... T. Marshall. Wrestling would do it in that way. We're like, yeah. a lady on the apron. Yeah. Like that awful cartoon, like Looney Tunes, heart eyes. Yeah, yeah. Jaw. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, it's the only women's match on the card. Uh, so before we move on, Sajan, before we even get to the name of the game, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game that we play, for I tell you the name of the game, is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear the first note of the first entrance theme for the first woman to arrive for the only Dynamite match so we can just italicize, underscore, put in bold by guessing the correct time this all begins again and again and again and again. <laughs> that this is apathetic, it feels token, it's very much a... But you have to get the women on now. It's a 2023, you know. <laughs> That's the aim of the game. We just want to crucify him. We want to expose to them a second just how often they do this total and utter um, self-fulfilling prophecy of a women's division. That's the aim of the game. The name of the game is, well, this is ladies night, and I'm thinking, you want to night <laughs> You never know where he's going. No. You think he's going right, and he goes, left. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> shout out, as always, to Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton4, and Jose Palomares, at the Ho11, who always take care of the... Um, Data. ...for this sort of thing. Uh, you don't need to bother to ring it, read out the times, because we were way off uh, this week. We all went around one hour, 20-ish, didn't we? Uh, but like I said, it was in the, in the first hour. 33 minutes and 24 seconds, uh, which means Michael Hamflick gets the victory. He moves on to nine for the year. Michael Cedric leading with 10. And as uh, Jose pointed out, I am, now on, tail. I am now on 619 for the year. Six correct guesses, 19 incorrect guesses. Ooh, okay. uh, also, thank you to Adam Blair, who I guilt-tripped into donating for my Movember. Uh, thanks. thanks. I just, if, this, just wanna, if anyone else who's a you know, real fan of the podcast wants to donate, you know, it links on. It's for a really good cause. It's a cause. Yeah, rather do good. that. Rather do that than ask yeah. request Mountain Dew pitch black for the office. Good point. Yeah. Don't do that. You're raising money by being an arsehole. <laughs> and you twist on November. Um, it it's not near good enough to do that. No, it's never. I always, I always think at the end of the month, like I'll take a photo to see what I've done, and I want to do that. The the mustache might thing. Don't do that. It's just I'm just like it's just like. I'm doing <laughs> A little smear on my top lip, but yeah, it is a, a great cause that is genuinely very close to my heart. If you want to donate, then the link is on my social media. Um, put more women's matches on uh, AW Dynamite mm. off the back of this. Yeah, like this is so much more interesting and different, and dare I say, over than the opener. Mm. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Miro's talking about his hot and flexible wife following that, uh, bringing a storm to AEW. Uh, for years, he stood by and let her do whatever she wanted, uh, but she's got a tendency to bring out not only the worst in herself, but him as well, uh, and he plans to show that to Daniel Garcia this week on Collision. He's going to kick his ass for dancing at his wife. I don't get or like any of this, you know. I just don't understand what they're going for. I, I kind of get it and kind of don't. Is it like... Uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's a very good story. Do you know what it is to me? Uh, like, Miro and CJ Perry are not a couple I would like to spend time with, regardless. Like, mm. in, in storyline terms, like, I think I get this dynamic. My bloody wife. But I, I don't like either of them for it. Like, is Miro angry with Andrade, or is that like, right, that's your work thing? I, like, I have to be okay with that. And it's all that's a bit archaic anyway, mm. but like, I have to be all right with that. But uh, bloody Daniel Garcia, is he just using that as an excuse until uh, he can get to Andrade? Like, uh, I don't know, it's just odd. All very odd this. And the worst thing is, is like, he had an absolutely killer outline than Miro. Mm. I can't remember it. <laughs> but he always does, It was it? something like, um, I don't pray to my God anymore, but you better hope that he saves you, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's just, oh my God, what a turn of phrase this man has. He should be... A, like, deployed way more effectively. Like, Miro, like, think of 2021 and how it was the dream factory. Like, we got to the fireworks factory. Mm-hmm. That Simpsons gag. We got to the fireworks factory. Punk, Danielson, all out. Belt collector. Belt collector. <laughs> Speaking of belt collector. Do you collector. happen to know what the capital of Thailand is? Bangkok, baby! It was the best. And Miro was right up there with the very best yeah. of it. It's such a, a, a downfall. Remember the Bulgarian TNT belt? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh and the God. law behind it as well. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Every, everything was cooking. Everything. Except um, <laughs> <Except> Cody. Except <laughs> the next biggest draw in the industry. Yeah, except the next John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Yes. Everybody, you don't belong here. You belong over there. Yeah. Everything's fine. What? <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about Mira and Garcia on the collision preview tomorrow. Well, all going well. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to know what you made of what came next, because uh, as promised, uh, RJ City was going to introduce Mariah May to Tony Storm. They go outside the locker room that says, not Tony Storm. Uh, they knock on the door, it opens, the screen goes black and white. Luther uh, slams the door on their face, goes back to colour, knock again, uh, and they get to go in this time. Uh, after RJ works his magic, basically. Uh, and Mariah comes in, Tony Storm's there, lounging out, cucumbers on her face, and she... Fangirls does uh, does May talking about stardom and following in her footsteps, etc. She loves Tony Storm, and Tony says, "I didn't catch a word of that. I'm not doing autographs, and I'm indisposed." Um, uh, but uh, Mariah May says, "Look, Tony, if you need anything, let me know." Uh, and she's like, "Yep, piss off," uh, um, and then tells Luda 
to con- contact studio director Mr. Khan. She wants a tune-up match on Friday. I was like, get in, collision on Rampage. Uh, and she wants a Lufa as well. You don't have to watch Collision, man. Oh, yeah, I know, but we have to preview it, and we could have previewed a good Tony Storm match. Yes, I will watch Collision. I will watch Collision. I'm just saying you don't have to if you don't Is want to. Is it doubleheader? Yeah, it's back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like this. Do not like this. What's the joke of black and white? I understand she's like a diva, and she has a demands. Like Elizabeth Taylor wouldn't come out of a trailer without a necklace, that sort of thing. She must be shot in black and white. Like, what is funny? What's what's a joke? What am I not getting here? Am I meant to be laughing at some unseen production staffer put upon, like, with a beads of sweat wiping away, black and white colour, black and white colour, that bit where they kept opening the door and then shutting it, colour to black and white. It's made it look so much like a show. She's going to get it's hit one so hard she gets hit into colour during the title. Well, I really hope not. I don't know. Like I say, I'm confused. I just really, really, really dislike all of this. I just don't find it amusing anymore, and it's such a shame because it was so funny to begin with. Bit of me, this. I knew really like not for not funny. I knew it. Not funny. I don't. But why does it have to be funny? This wasn't. Not, it's not a joke. It's just a weird thing. Like it's just. It is a joke. Well, no. All right. It's not pun- like. Set up punchline. Of course it is. The thing with the black and white and colour. Yeah, just closing the door and back and forth. Just just looks cool, doesn't it? Because she's this like, well, you know why? You don't need me to explain it to you. But I'll just say it just looks cool. It's just a nice like. It's meant to be a gag. It's just not a good one. I think it's just like a nice feature of the character. She like, it's like when they first had like Kane in red. It's not a harrowing refugee drama. It's meant to be a gag. Yeah. It's just not funny. I don't even know what the joke is. Whoever's doing this comedy on the AW Creative team, why don't you discover what punchlines are, comedic rules are, things that are funny are? Black and white and character. Black and white and identity away from all the other characters, isn't it? It's like, well, that's that. This is like Tony, one of Tony Stone's weird. One. She had one. She's got loads. Yeah, but like, here's another one. You know, like, it's just like a, an additional sort of aesthetic selling point to the Tony Storm character. I, 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 I think it's really. I thought when they opened the door, I thought that was a great element of it. Like, the, oh, here we go right now. And then, no, 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 off again. Like, Again, I'm not sat there like doing the um, engagement account sideways cry laughing emoji or anything. I just thought oh, that's a nice touch, a nice detail for this character. That's because that's who she is. Like, I'd, I'd, and I'm into the story as well. Change your mind about the title win on Saturday? <sighs> I still don't know, but I think I think the phrase, if you need anything, let me know. And the fact she haven't, I think she's going to be taken. I don't know who she's facing actually on. on she could botch the interference spot. Uh-huh. Do you get it's, the, it's one of those, isn't it? I, yeah. th- I think she's going to make the realization on on rampage. I'm disappointed it's not on collision, but make the realization on rampage. Same difference, I suppose. It's the same night. If you're going to watch one, same difference. You're not watching it, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think uh, Jessica are on telly as well on Saturday afternoon. Southend United, so TNT. Um, but I think she's going to get taken. Far closer than she re- than she wanted to on Rampage, and suddenly mm-hmm. be like, "Ah, oh, bollocks!" I and she'll you. get Maria May to do something on Saturday. Which again, the uh, pape, yeah. I think it's proper storyline speculation around this result, and I think this is like I think this is like really good character development for Tony Storm gimmick that I thought had gone off the rails. I think this is like uh, pulled it back in quite nicely. It's something I want to see long term for her. It's I've, I've, I'm all in on this. I think this is tremendous. All this character, I, I was done as well. I was the same as you. I was just thinking, all right, they've. Stretch this joke to its breaking point. When it was a joke, when it was like, right, here's RJ City and we're... Oh, as opposed to the serious business that it is no, now. It's not serious business. Nah, I just, I'm joking! Oh, I couldn't, a bit like Tony Storm, I couldn't see the joke. <laughs> like, uh, I, I just, I don't know, I don't see just what... Just I don't see what punchline <laughs> you're reaching for here. 
Reaching, bro. Characters just have stuff. You know? That's that's a certain member of the AW creative team's MO. Yeah, I don't know. like jokes that aren't really jokes. We'd be What's the you're meant to laugh at the peanut butter being spread on bread very slowly. You know this, don't you? Well, yeah. But what's funny about it? Nothing. What's the mystery? <laughs> uh, one thing we'd all agree on, though, was an awesome squash match came next. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, John Cruz, I believe it was, against Samoa Joe. It was Sepet. Oh. Uh, Cruz, because I, I just loved the... I want to see the other one again. Ever. I need, I need your gimmick. I'm just be John Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> I need your gimmick, but in a different way. In a second. So Cruz, Dada. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'll narrow it. <laughs> no, no, not that one. Although, yeah, um, Cruz throws low <laughs> kicks. Joe just checks them all and flattens him. Hits him with corner shots. Into Guri. Cruz tries to fight back. Attempts a crossbody off the top. Joe does his usual uh, walk off gimmick, but Cruz midair does the. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was, there's an image that we've seen all over social media that's amazing for this. Great photo capture yeah. that. Uh, Coquina Clutch, quick win. I'm Samoji, I am inevitable. Uh, he offered, obviously, MJF there and a friendship as well, but I love this as a squash match. There were two utterly pointless squash matches on this show. One of them oh. was great, one of them was just they beat a, a team quickly. Yes. Like this, uh, John Cruz. I might have gone a little bit recency bias, hyperbole on X by saying you should do one every week. Maybe not every week. I thought more of this. What a great enhancement talent. Yes. You are meant to enhance the star that you are working. And he got over this character so well. Like the bit where he just kept trying to kick him and block, block, block. Some more Joe's like, why? First of all, what are you doing? doing <laughs> and why would you consider doing what you might be doing to me some more joe mm. i will destroy you destroying me dead um I. I i i completely agree hobbs wardlow feed mira right. feed him to all of them and then i do think i love him so much i do think if he does get a shock victory over someone not none of them that i've just mentioned but down the line a month or two down the line if he gets a shock victory over someone on collision I think I might pop for that. When he inevitably yeah. pins Daniel Garcia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, feeding him a Wardlow was exactly what I thought. Yeah. Like that's uh, the next like horrifying Wardlow walks, kills a guy and leaves match. Give him the, you know when they used to do the interviews with the people with Braun Strowman? Yeah. Give him that, but not with the bad connotations with the guys. A little, yeah, a little mid-ring, I'm still fighting for this title type. I'm yeah. ready. Who's next? I'd tape him up more each time. Yeah. Uh, we get a video package uh, for Tony Khan's Continental Classic. They recap everything that happened on Collision. Skip good for me. Uh, nice alliteration, though. Tony Khan's Continental Classic. Um, Brian Danielson's first participant. If you missed it, by the way, we announced the other three people um, <laughs> that are going to be in it so far. They are Keith Lee, Tony Nese, and Eddie Kingston. Correct. That this, we just played a game. Speaking of which... <laughs> She won't be in it. But let's announce the next two people that are going to be in it. Ooh. No skips. That's the rule. Ooh. That's two now. Two more on are the Are you collision? changing the rules? Two more on the collision preview. I'm just scared they're going to announce some of the full gear, but... Trying to get in as many as we can. They better not signpost it. Six per group. Is that right? Yes. yes. So we've got five so far. Uh, but one each from each of you now. We've got one. <laughs> uh, 
Michael Cedric, as you know, no skips, no Prova rules on this one. Yeah. Um, but we'll do more on Collision, along with uh, two sentence horror stories. So if you don't, if you know, you know. Uh, if you're a fan of hallways, I suppose. Sid, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm scrolling through the AW roster page. Tell me when to stop. Pick a number between one and five. There is. Uh, it was twelve the other day. I know. I've just I've drilled it back to keep it. Stop changing the rules. There are some really fun choices. One one that I'm scared he might swing for me uh, if he picks this one, and one kind of fun one. So one to five. Two. Oh, for uh, you, how about you tell him? Oh, it was going to be one or the other, and I. Uh, it's uh, Keaty Marshall. He's made it in at the tournament. Uh, of course he has. Could have had Starks, Phoenix, or Strong, or Nana as well. Oh, Nana. Aye. Yeah. Uh, Hamlet. I'd be surprised if he's in the friggin' thing. <laughs> uh, I'm scrolling through. Pick. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Ooh. One in ten, do a thing. Should we do one in ten, or just one with the visible faces? Yeah, one. Yeah, one, to, one or five. One to five. Five. Mark Quinn. Add it to the list. I worry about Mark Quinn. It's been yeah. out a long time. Long, long time. Is he still injured? Or? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well. Okay, four. Uh, no, no, no. Because yeah. that was a bad line of people. Uh, actually, no. no go no, earlier. Go earlier. Go earlier. Uh, three. Earlier still. Two. Hey, Mark Davis is injured. Oh, two, you said? Two, I said, yeah. First, first try. Michael Sidgwick, who is it? Mark Briscoe! Oh, sorry, that's good. Eddie I King. love me some Mark Briscoe. Eddie Kingston and Mark Briscoe in the tournament. I had a fantasy booking idea. Go on. I don't know how viable this is, considering he's not wrestled since Wrestle Dream, and whenever Shibata isn't wrestling, it's like, oh, what's happened? You know, you know it's like the weirdest thing, this Shibata run? Yeah. Like, can he go or not? <laughs> I've seen him go, but he's not in matches that would suggest he can go, because it's all very... Safety gloves and all the rest of Nuge it. booked him, yeah. They've not, have they? Yeah. He also hasn't defended the pure title. Like if he can, so Samojo <laughs> didn't really need to defend. The if he can, title. go go. And I've seen evidence that he can, right? Anthony. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Love the go go's. I love a go go. Right. How about Shibata? It's such a good pick for right. He's got the name just about still. He's got that legendary aura. Lovely memories of him, if not the aura still. He would be a perfect, oh, you can lose some matches against, like, you know, your Danielsons or your Omegas mm-hmm. or whatever. What if he, like, loses the first two or three and you think, all right, well, it's the Shibata match this week. No stakes, but it's Shibata. He's got the aura. This is fun. And then he starts kicking ass and makes the block final. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. It would uh, provide a bit of, like, a more organic featuring of the pure title ahead of that Ring of Honor pay-per-view in December as well. You absolutely have to force people that you're trying to sell your paper. Oh, God, oh, I forgot. Uh, don't do it. Do not do it. <laughs> uh, then it was time for the Young Bucks hometown heroes against Penta and Commander. Um, Nick Jackson and Commander starts. There's blind tags. Wild miss moves early on. Everyone connects with uh, big boots. There's a quadruple kip-up. Uh, the Bucks go to shake hands and then super kick them and shake hands with each other instead. Uh, and I thought... Hello, mm-hmm. here we go. Um, double dives to the outside. Matt runs into a super kick by Penta when they go back in, though. Uh, a nice assisted rocket launcher crossbody by Commander. Uh, Nick comes back there with a slingshot face buster to take us to picture in picture. We come back, there's a bit of accidental friendly fire by the Young Bucks. Commander hits a step up, step up, 
Step up. Bing, bing, bing. Step up, twisting Hurricane Rana uh, on <laughs> Nick off the ropes, along with a tightrope walk Hurricane Rana, sending Nick into his brother on the outside. Um, Penta hits the books with a dive. Uh, sling blade back inside on Matt. Another dive onto Nick. Penta starts his own super kick party. Uh, launch uh, Commander launched off his partner into a double spike DDT. Penta. Uh, Pen- <laughs> Penta hits Made in Japan on Matt. Commander hits... Oh, no, sorry. Commander wants his roadwalk shooting star, but Matt hits him with a rolling northern lights. The books want the Meltzer driver. Commander cuts him off. Penta hits the fear factor on Nick on the apron. Uh, and uh, Commander hits a snap Hurricane Rana for a two count on Matt. Oh, my God. Great. Matt is in a fireman's carry on Pent- by Penta. Commander walks the ropes... Springs off his back and hits a destroyer on Nick. Oh my god. Oh my god. Never seen that before. Penny hits that new uh, fireman carry jackhammer that he does. And uh, then you're like, whatever. <laughs> for a, for a <laughs> what two, else have you got? For a two count. Uh, Matt and Penta get into it. Super kicks, pump kicks. And Matt, oh, my bloody leg, takes the ref. Rick Knox checks on him. Nick kicks both of them in the cock. It's a Judas effect on Commander. BTE trigger gets the win for the books, but the crowd are booing them because of the cock kick. This was Matt and Nick Jackson going this. To all their critics, myself included, in recent months, and mm-hmm. going, Don't make it! <laughs> on every conceivable level, this was a... Doubting us. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, oh my God. I never thought I would have an internal monologue if you still got it going in my head <laughs> for a Young Bucks match, but I certainly did. This is absolutely terrific on so many different levels. It was that heady, turbulent rush of a Young Bucks match. One, the storytelling was really quietly sophisticated, right? It's a good job that this is like really meta premised because. Realistically, you shouldn't be able to tell the story of the story they told in this match. What I'll get to imminently, where um, when they're the number one contenders, technically, to the AEW World Tag Team Titles, but everyone knows that's a bit weird, and it's heavily. All of this is very heavily meta, premised on the idea that all's not right with the Young Bucks. All's really not right with the Young Bucks. There is a story. Who's going to break it? Who's reporting on it? Whatever. Mm-hmm. In this match. They tell the story that all is not right with the Young Bucks and the friendly fire element. That in itself, because this was pretty great on every conceivable level, that story beat, which was very elegantly folded from reality into fiction, erected a platform on which Commander did his best-looking stuff ever. His most spectacular-looking stuff ever. He capitalized on every bit of friendly fire, That's because the books are spiritually adrift and therefore adrift in the body of this match. And Commander's stuff has never looked as awesome Mm. and as exciting as this ever. And that is the Young Bucks. You cannot have a bad match with the Young Bucks. Like Dave Meltzer told a story where he was like at a PWG show and he was talking with some of the wrestlers 
And he went, oh, that match was absolutely awesome that you had with the Young Bucks. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was the easiest match I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Just the, it's like they're, they're geniuses at this. They'll never get the credit. And you know, they did, obviously, in later years with AEW. But so, these guys are just unbelievable. It's like the easiest night of your life. Everyone has a blow-away match with the Young Bucks. And that was the true feeling being back. I have watched some Young Bucks tags this year, and I'm thinking, bloody hell. That wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, or it was. It was good, but like, no, I'm meant to be losing my mind. I'm meant to be watching everyone you're working with be awesome, mm. springboard, jump onto someone's back as a platform to a destroyer. <laughs> like, how on earth have you done that? Wow. How have you thought of that? And I'm not being funny. I, w- I would be amazed if it wasn't Nick Jackson in particular who's said, oh, that would be a good idea for a spot. And then they tell the story of, right, all's not right with us. We keep getting in each other's way. We are adrift. Like, we're just not dialed in. We're losing. We're getting our asses kicked. How do, something needs to change. Or I'll just kick him in the balls. And we'll <laughs> be the young bucks again. The touch of their parents being there for it as well of was course, really, yeah. really inspired because you just thought, right, well, they'll go in as tweeners with this traditional elite dynamic, if you like. Nah, they've turned full-blown heel. I thought this match was spectacular. Like a really, really bit of sophisticated storytelling in there. Like, dare I say it, and I hate kind of saying it because it suggests that there's been a period in between when there haven't been this, but vintage Young Bucks on every level. I thought this was unbelievable, and I was so happy watching it. Yeah, I haven't seen the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, but I'm led to believe that that's a bad thing in the plot of that movie. It was a great thing here. This was <laughs> the lot. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't criticise it as just a spot fest. Even How did it not feel so contrived as even well? Even if the mm. spots were lifted. That, that's the Young Bucks yeah. magic. Like it was, all the spots could have been lifted out of a charmless spot fest, but instead they were inserted into this really story rich, like four and a half, four and three quarter star match, 10 star experience. Like the vibes are back. Yeah. Like everything, everything. This had a lot, like right down to the parents being ringside to give you that kind of like almost old fashioned, old timey trophy here, like you <laughs> yeah. pair of arseholes here, like and again, and that isn't just within the context of being in the hometown and just being bad guys, it brings in reality, which is what the Young Bucks were always great as, which is why like the DNA of AEW is so in touch mm. with this hardcore base that wants to be a little bit more inside as it was on being the elite with the camera they were holding, like this was everything, absolutely everything, including even meta jabs that the likes of us arseholes and other ones on podcasts saying, we were never saying they didn't have it anymore. It was just like, whatever you've got. Do you, you want it? You, do you you've want got it? it, but do you want it? Do you want to show it off? And it's still like, it was it was a knock at us and rightfully so. Uh, I'm not, yeah, like I think that you were sort of invited to become a detractor of the Young Bucks. Truly, I do. And yet at the same time, you were also invited to shut the f- up and watch <laughs> because of course they can still you of course they can still do this kind of whenever they want i just wish they wanted it more Mm. like majestic stuff like the highlight of a show that wasn't short on a few other little peak aw moments as well this was phenomenal i've missed it and what a sales pitch what a sales pitch for the match this was good go home material everything the idea of them as well the echo back to revolution 2020 by we'll just get the backs up of our opponents that steal their finish yeah oh my god yeah, and after that, Lexi now is backstage with the book saying, why did you cheat to win? Uh, and uh, Matt said, sources have told me the books don't give a damn anymore. <laughs> Kenny Omega walks in. He's like, what's this? Uh, this isn't the books of old. Uh, and Nick's like, well, we, haven't got, we don't, no problems with you, Kenny. It's Jericho. Um, but you don't have to team, we won't have to team with him anymore after we went on Saturday. 
and all focus on the elite again. Jericho walks in. He's like, not worth it, Kenny. Come on, we've got big the Sega match coming up. Uh, bloody kids. And big they shove him. Big pull-apart happens. Omega's just like, just wanted to talk. That's how, like, wrestling's so weird now. I'm, I'm talking about the, basically two of the top heels coming out of this show, and that's how effective I knew it was as, like, a 38-year-old adult that likes a bit of everything in pro wrestling. Like, I was more thinking, Chris Jericho, you friggin' loser. Like, let's get out of here, Kenny. I was like, yeah, the books. You tell him. You call that fat idiot loser. <laughs> See you on Sunday or Saturday when the friggin' show is. <laughs> like, I, I kind of want the Golden Jets to win. I think that's well. Obviously, you know, you ca- they can't just it probably isn't it for the team. But I want them to batter Jericho on the way. It would be very elite if the idea is well, you're stuck with us now because you can't team with Jericho. That's quite nice, yeah. But then that means that they're doing the like elite. We've got to figure it out. And I still think at my core, I want Kenny just yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just playing it there. Yeah. Devil's advocate. Uh, time for another squash match. Uh, the guns Skip. versus Peter Avalon and uh, Jacoby Watts. Chuck Avalon outside, 310 to Yuma for the win, and then they cut a promo afterwards saying, this is what happens when it's two on two. Imagine two on one at full gear. This, no one cared. They did this, this last had, week. They did it last week. They've been having these short matches on collision, what feels like forever. Mm-hmm. It might be like two, but it feels like forever. So I'm kind of right. <laughs> this had that horrific ugh, echo of Michael Cole going, listen here, you dumb, stupid f***ing Here's how it happens. You climb the briefcase, asshole. You have to retrieve the ladder. You have to retrieve the briefcase. And the winner of the briefcase can cash in a title opportunity whenever they want. That's like, oh my God. It's like when January, when they do Battle Royals, and they go, oh my God, if that happens on Saturday, they'll be eliminated from the Royal Rumble with both feet hitting the floor. Yeah. Oh my God, I've just got it. I just realized. If they can do that in really short order the two wrestlers what can they do to one exactly now i get it now i get the zero I'm like, don't just sing me again. <laughs> not to be conflated sitch with a listen head if you want to talk about tna you talk about tna you head i've been sitting behind that goddamn desk for five years now vince man seems to think do a good job head a different you must be doing something right head <laughs> the different michael cole promos <laughs> of very different value as well yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, what the hell was that? <laughs> um, we see a video package of Wardlow training. He saw fear in the devil's eyes. MGF's time's running out. He's killing dudes, as he's saying. Uh, as God is my witness, I'll make the devil my bitch. And you see the devil before it all cuts away. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to it. I'll square this off when I get to the main event. Okay. Uh, and then it was time for the uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden street fights. Oh, my God. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi, Paul White. Oh, we saw them earlier on in the night as well, walking through in suits. Yeah. Uh, oh, boys. Uh, My new favorite boys. Jericho <laughs> couldn't be asked to change out of their suits. Um, Omega and Ibushi had put their gear on. Watch that shot back. Slow motion. And literally with Big Show's legs obscured. <laughs> like the way Kenny and Jericho walked here. I was going. Uh, I want to have another look. And he, he couldn't. Nah. Uh, taking on <laughs> Don Callis' family. Uh, Hobbs, Dekeshta, Fletcher, and Brian Cage. And uh, Big Brawl. Breaks out early on. Jericho hits Fletcher with a bat. And Paul White chokes him off the stage straight away through some tables. He goes backstage with Hobbs. It's three on three. Uh, it leaves Ibushi and Takeshita slugging it out in the ring. Um, Omega gets in. They do some Golden Lovers stuff. Going to check the time for old Hamlet. No, you're all right. It's 12.44. Oh, grand. Um, and then it, Ibushi and Omega, well, Ibushi mainly takes the sweet time uh, doing the 
moonsault out to the outside. Cage and Takeshi would get in his position as well, I should say. Uh, but then we see uh, Paul White and Powerhouse Hobbs outside near a car. Not yet. And White's chopping Hobbs on the chest on top of the car. Uh, not yet. Press what I want. Uh, Jericho and Omega hit Takeshi and Cage with signs. Omega pulls out a barbed wire bat, but Takeshi gets it off him. Uh, Cage launches Jericho into the table. Uh, and then here comes Ibushi on a bicycle. Oh, my God. Excalibur does it. Dusty Rhodes, of course. Uh, he's also got a pipe in his hand, and he... Love tap, taps. Yeah, taps to Kester and Fletcher, and then gets his head taken off by Brian Cage close, and with a clothesline. Next first uh, bump onto some spokes. Oh, my God. Kota Ibushi channeling Jeremy Vine on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a GoPro. Look at this idiot when I was riding my bike. <laughs> Brian Cage in the road. <laughs> then... We cut two hops. <laughs> he gets Paul White up and but on he's on a stack of wood basically. And he body slams him onto the hood of a car. Oh my god. I pissed myself laughing at this. It was I you know what? Paul White, you've earned your five year AEW deal. Yeah? <laughs> that was so awesome. And a five-year stretch in hospital, probably. Like, Jesus How Christ. do you bump on, like, three different services at once? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> 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 Initially, I thought, oh, that's a shame. It's always good when they cave the windscreen in. And then it's like, and then I was like, oh, no, he has. His head caved that bit in. He smashed into the, the hood of the car, and he's just slid down. And then later on, Hobbs. Because I was thinking, Hobbs, get back in the match. And then I was like, no, actually, if I was Powerhouse Hobbs, I'd be in space going, you see what I just did to you there? Re-record the iconic... Uh, WWE Don't Try This At Home video with Jim Ross voice and say, how'd learn to fall off a goddamn car <laughs> in slow motion black and white the big show absolutely stacking it and I watched this like 10 times uh, yeah, <laughs> oh my god how is that the most memorable spot from this match when someone took a brain buster onto a bicycle bumping on a bike man as well there's something in bits of a uh, nah, nah, oh, nah, she's absolutely even as it mental. gets that was yeah Takeshi was swinging the bike around in the ring and then yeah Brain Buster on a bushy oh. on the bicycle to take to take us to a break. Come back, we'll see what happens after that. Imagine like the remember the Nick Gage uh, pizza thing. Imagine it was like a bike shop. It yeah, just, yeah. like a bushy picking a pedal out of his back or something. Can't beat a bike, Halfords. This Christmas, Cage has set up some tables when we come back at ringside. Uh, there's a pallet that's been brought into the ring. There was also a bit, I, just, I can't remember where it was, where Jericho was hitting someone with like a like a crate, wasn't he? Yeah. Just swinging that about. Omega gets slammed onto the pallet with a double suplex. Fletcher's got a bottle from somewhere. He's going to try and hit Omega. Omega fights out of it, though. Hits Cage with a V-trigger. Fletcher runs at him. Omega smashes him in the face with a bottle, which bloodies him up. And I think cuts Kenny Omega's hand to pieces Ugh. as well. Almost like using real glasses. F***ing dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Primary river. Uh, goated, though. Flash so. <laughs> so goated. Ibushi flies in to save Kenny. Takeshita and Jericho started brawling backstage. Takeshita runs across some refrigerators, jumps. Jericho turns around with a fire extinguisher. And I love this yeah. so much, man. The fridges, man. The fridges did it for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it wasn't false count anywhere. Yes. Because otherwise Jericho could have just pinned him there. Yeah. <laughs> was that explained or not? No, I don't care. I don't, I, 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 don't think, so I don't much. care. I do not care. There was a bit of me that thought, what's the, like, 
is the refrigerator at the top of the refrigerator? I was terrified for some reason of his foot going through <laughs> one refrigerator. And then I was like, it's a fridge. I assume all of it's pretty much the same. They go to, the Golden Lords are trying to take out Cage, but then here comes Hobbs again, which I was very pleased about because I was like, why haven't you come back mm. out yet? He takes them out both with slams. Uh, Omega taken the slam, by the way. How does he, how does he, how do you do it? <laughs> it makes it look like such a perilous situation. And oh my God, we'll get onto that in about a second. Cage takes, uh, Cage hits a superplex from the ring to the floor through the tables. Oh that my God. Yeah. His feet touched the rafters. <laughs> and again, they go. He looked like he was going to die because he's flailing this. like mad. I know I don't, you know, I don't never get involved in the whole uh, ratings conversation, but if anyone for any of these breaks has turned off, they need their head examined. Like every other one, like, so the last one, what? Someone gets hoisted onto a bike and they go, <laughs> stick around. And I go, absolutely, I'm not going anywhere. This time, they do that bloody superplex spot through the tables and go, come back. And I go, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Like, your couch cutter, grab the clicker. <laughs> uh, me, find me the goddamn fear. Jericho's in <laughs> the crowd now. He goes after Hobbs. Hobbs just kills him with a spine buster off the back of that. But uh, he misses a corner splash. Jericho hits a code breaker. Cage is back. F5. Uh, Omega and Fletcher uh, exchange snapdragons. Fletcher's busted open, like I said. Uh, and then you're like, oh, it's been a bit boring for about 30 seconds, this. So Fletcher... Tombstone's Ibushi off the apron through a sign that's on a stack of chairs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wet. I, lo <laughs> I love this so much, man. Ibushi, Ibushi's not back, but a version of him is. Yeah. His body isn't, but his brain He'll is. do that when he's 80. He doesn't have to do out. Yeah. Lift me up and away I go. Yeah. Uh, Omega, Omega and Jericho hit a V-trigger and a Judas effect on Hobbs and then duct tape him to the ropes. He starts yelling at him, so they tape his mouth shut. Um... Somehow, Ibushi's recovered quicker than Carl Fletcher from a super tombstone through the <laughs> sign and chairs and stuff. He always some chairs in the ring. Uh, Cage drops Jericho with a pump handle slam, goes for a drill claw on Omega. Jericho hits him with a bat. Jer Omega peppers him with V-triggers. One winged angel on Brian Bloody Cage. One, two, three. And then Ibushi, I did like after the match coming in going, what's happened, guys? <laughs> did we win? Huh? Right. I loved this. And it was outstanding. Yeah. And as Hamlet was talking about yesterday... And we bought, uh, yeah, I had to be stupid. Yes. Right. It had to be stupid. There was no heft to this. There was no real hatred. Let's just go hog wild. And they did with two between the Ibushi jumping tomb, tombstone bump and the Paul White thing, like two of the most insane things I've ever seen in AEW and think of the ground that yeah. covers. Right. <laughs> just laughing. When you say to me, and that's not even the Omega thing was insane yeah. as well. When you say to me, you're getting a video game street fight on the show tonight. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. This was absolute perfection for what it was. For what this was, this is the best possible version of itself. A video game tie in blow off where a one on one feud, if you like, between Callus and Omega has been so mutated into, you know, like Fletcher and Paul White, you know. Mutated into the big show, falling off a car. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's, it's worked. I also thought of you immediately when they're like, "Okay, and go." And like Flesh is like running at the big show, going, oh, "I don't really care." Big show, you go bang through the table. You go, Garbage is like, "Okay, no, I do hate you now." Yeah. <laughs> so it was a series of absolutely demented. <laughs> I can't believe you're going this hard for this reason. Bumps like total sicko magic. Only an AW magic as well. Mm -hmm. 
And, right, so strictly you could argue it was bad. They didn't explain that it wasn't false count anywhere because mm-hmm. I was like, why is Jericho giving the back elbow the Judas effect and not pinning him? Why is Abushi up before Fletcher when Abushi took the yeah, tombstone? There's <laughs> a few moments like that peppered throughout. Oh, and the, the bit at the beginning I forgot to mention where they're like, here we go, big fight. You know, Don Callis found me. And Don's like, yeah, I'm just going to go to commentary. And they were like, we haven't got any chairs or a mic for you. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Like, it's the most AEW thing. And they were like, we got a chair for Don. <laughs> and yet, so it's that kind of match. Yeah. And it's probably best judged on the noises you made at home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was literally yucking, howling with laughter. <laughs> at, oh, Bushy's gone through a wheel. Oh, the big show, look at that. I was, <laughs> I was, cr- I was crying laughing yeah. watching this. Then I was like, oh my God, Omega's going to die. With that bump from the <sighs> superplex. Jesus Christ. It looked like, in that moment, like there was a ledge, you know what I mean? I got that mm. feeling of there isn't one, but it's like, oh my God. So you got all those deep, visceral gut thrills, mm. that head-turning excitement. And I think they finished with Hobbs and the continuity and the callback and the turnabout was fair play. That was really quite well thought out. And because Amegas broke, like looked like he's really hurt his hand, it had this like really accidental heft. Mm. It wasn't just that knockabout because, well, it's just my parasocial relationship with the cleaner. Mm. But I was like, oh, oh my God, there's real danger here. I should have probably realized that. <laughs> <laughs> Paul White has just almost died. But there's actually real danger here, and I'm into it, and it feels like tense and dramatic and suspenseful. I just thought this was unbelievable for what it was. I've got to watch it again, I think. Yeah, this yeah. Weekend. I'm very excited because I don't want to spoil anything for uh, Scott Taylor for the What Culture Gaming podcast. Or available wherever you get your podcast from because he watches it normally mm. day or two after. So I don't don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to big it up either too much and have him think it's going to be more, I don't know, video gamey or whatever. Well, but he, he came in having not known. Mm. And said like, like, there's a lot of like stuff with like bikes in the game. So I wonder if that like come in. And I was like, mm, I was needing to take myself. So you're you're powerhouse you're gonna, you're, yourself. You're going to love it. <laughs> you're going to love it, Scott. You want to see what's dressed as? The, uh, I, mean, I think it matters. That's a I don't know, but, like, <laughs> but I liked it. So. The uh, yeah, the tape spot went better than many tape spots have gone either. Yeah, fifty yeah, percent of powerhouse ops was really taped to that. Callus <laughs> just immediately turned on Brian Cage like that as well. Yeah, big idiot, big dumb idiot, Brian Cage. If it wasn't for you, brilliant, a total blast. Oh, just uh, what a hoot! I loved it so much. We've talked about the feud like not living up to its potential. So it's slightly different in that respect, but I had the same feeling with, like Arcade Anarchy. Yes. In that case, it wasn't that it didn't look up to it just it would never end. But I was like, <laughs> this has been so joyful. Like magic stuff. Yeah, then uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know if they I don't know if this is gonna be an annual thing, but if it is, sign me up for next year. <laughs> Make a big old mess. So you yeah. have to clean it up in a big match. Make an iterative sequel of this game purely so they can do this match <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or just do well, it's the anniversary of that game coming out. Yeah. So uh yeah, let's do There's it. There's some DLC content for it, I think, so let's just do it again. I've, I've wrestled a lot of matches on Fight Forever on the Switch and none of them were as good as this. Like, they can't make a game as good as the rest. Any bikes on there, Fight Forever? Not yet, but that's going to be the DLC, yeah. Uh, right, main event time in terms of the closing thing on the show. Obviously, that was the main event match. It's MJF coming out to the ring. Uh, he grabs a mic, says that after a t- the attack last week, no matter how many times he tries to outrun his past, it will catch up. He keeps trying to better himself, but every time he lets someone in, those people get hurt. Feels cursed sometimes. He wants to say to the acclaimed exactly what he said to Adam Cole. He's sorry that they got caught in the crossfire of his life. Sorry they got hurt. Hope they feel better. Um, 
Ever since he can remember, all he's wanted to be is a world champion. He made it to the mountaintop, but the air's thin, and he looks down and sees men climbing up to shove him off the top. He's man enough to admit that he's afraid he could lose all he's worked for in the blink of an eye, uh, but he's uh, more afraid to let us all down. And there's a scumbag, you're a scumbag chant. Uh, the old him with a run from this, uh, but he's done letting his past dictate his future and his present. He's not willing to quit or give up his spot. He may be afraid, uh, but you've got to send a whole army to get his ass to come down off that mountain. Jay White's been walking around the title he has not yet earned. He's, uh, he's a shot to take his spot, but he doesn't think he can. doesn't think anyone can because he is MJF and he's better than us. and We know it. Um, and a message to the person who stole his devil masks and hired all those goons. Heed MJF's words. He'll find out who he is. Uh, and when he does, there's going to be hell to pay. Jay White comes out. He's got the belt. Obviously, he tells Max, stop it. Drop the act. You're embarrassing yourself. You're trying so hard to be the hero. That's just not who you are. You're the villain. You always will be. You're not fooling anyone with this devil mask distractions. We've heard it over and over. You are the devil. No one's on your level, right? You're not the hero. You're not the people's hero. You'll be dropped because you mean nothing to us. Uh, oh, sorry. You'll drop people. You mean nothing to us just like we mean nothing to you. Um, we both know. They probably you- hate each other. We both, we both know your title reign's almost over. Um, Jay's better than him, and Jay signals the attack uh, with two words. Uh, Juice and the guns try to attack. MJF fights them off, um, but the numbers game catches up to him, and uh, Juice hits him with the fake ring. 310 to Yuma to MJF. In comes Jay White, grabs him, hits the Blade Runner, pins him. Juice counts the one, two, three, and the show ends with Bullet Club Gold having destroyed MJF, standing tall. Samoa Joe's watching backstage, and Taz on commentary says, well, the offer still stands, and MJF might want to take Joe up on it. This continues to, for me, I'm really disappointed by this whole direction. This continues to be really overthought and unfocused. The thing about MJF saying, oh, there's loads of people climbing up the mountain. You know that one who's like... Climbing it faster than the rest at the minute. Just tell me that you hate him or mm. that you've got a match with him and that you put him over but insult him. Like, do something, anything to tell me that this main event of full gear isn't a formality and they did not do that. There's so much focus on signposting what's next for MJF. It's world's end. Like, it's full gear thing. It just does not matter. They didn't do anything to make it matter. What's worse about MJF? saying all of this right. I understand from this character's perspective, he's obviously going to be worried about every single challenger. Um, Just do something to really put over Jay White because this is bombed. There's no... This MGF versus Jay White program, if you consider the actual great uh, lineage of world title matches and programs in AEW, this has been such a bomb compared to them. Um, So that was really disappointing. It's one thing for MGF to say from a character's perspective, right? But, like, AEW throughout the broadcast with the Joe squash and that Wardlow video package, he'd already told that story. Mm. Like, it just feels like, you know, he's got loads of, like, people after him. It's like, ah, nah, man. <laughs> told us a million times. JY coming out afterwards and saying, oh, you're the devil. You're the devil. Why do you care if he's the devil or if he's not a good person? Why do you care, Jay White, that MGF might be lying about how good of a person he is or he might be doing some grand master plan and revealing himself to be the devil? Just say you're going to win his title and how much you want it and why you think you can do it. Like, why does Jay White care 
if MGF is or not the devil. It, it would have mattered had he not blown off being attacked by the devil after yeah. the first week. If that yeah. was still, a, if there was any connective tissue still remaining, but he pretty much said, "I know the devil, you stupid bloody idiot," and then moved on with his <laughs> business about stealing the belt. He, he was the one that kind of like undermined that first attack, didn't he? This was just so unfocused. They had a. a I still don't think they could have done it that well because the stakes are so low. No one cares about belt theft. Jay White has been marginalized, and he's just another one of the many after MJF. They had a difficult job to do, like, a, a traditional promo duel, like something like a contract signing, but not. But they didn't even bother, it felt mm. like. Um, this is the absolute epitome of the match will be great. And depending on how long this show is, like, this didn't get big reaction in the building. No. The beatdown. Just felt like, all right, okay, we kind of have to have MJF get his ass kicked here. What? It might happen again on Saturday. I just, uh, I was really disappointed by this. I understand that it's grand ambition. People can feud with different people at once. It just feels so unbelievably unfocused. Um, And I think they will look back and think, I've had a bit of a nightmare here, to be honest. This build, this MGF versus JY program has been actively bad, and it kills me to say that. I thought it made the end of the show really awkward because it is awkward when a heavy heat angle is only getting this like tepid response. Then then it feels like you're watching like a show, like a pantomime. It's not like that kind of villainy that you say horseman stuff where it's just like, I hate these people and the goodies need to stop them. Yeah. Do you think it was anything but that at the very end. Do you think it would have got a more reaction if the crowd hadn't been all ah, with the video game fight? Possibly, but that's not like ultimately if you're ending yeah. the show with the world yeah. champion, that's the point of being the world champion yeah. is that you can follow yeah. Anything. I like. I personally didn't mind the exposition. I quite like this MJF character. This, like, if the, if there is a bigger picture still to invest in, it's this MJF. Yeah. His life has gotten tougher since he's tried to be the good guy, and I like that a lot. And I did wonder. Like, they leaned in quite heavily on this semantic field of mountaineering, and the air is pretty thin. Is this like a low key tease that Darby Allen's getting a title shot before he climbs Mount Everest? Like genuinely, I don't think that's so. going to come out of nowhere. And AW, like I don't, believe, I don't believe he's climbing Mount Everest. I think it was so. just a bit, just a thing, wordplay. Yeah, but he's done that before, hasn't he? MJF, he'll say a thing, and it really matters. Down oh the line. yeah, yeah, he's like, great at foreshadowing. Yeah, I just I like I thought that's still it's a like obviously it's a good analogy for the situation he finds himself in. But I just thought it was quite a specific one with what we know about Dabs. Could be Nick Nick and the King of the Mountain match from TNA. I might make another good move. <laughs> It's got penalty blacks as well. <laughs> Double blacks. I'm month. now worried about whether this match will get the heat. Knowing mm-hmm. how long these pay-per-views go, knowing what Jay White can do in a main event. Main event predictable main events have suffered that yeah. in the past in AW, haven't they? You know what? Like the creative I don't think has been anywhere near as strong. Like some of this falls on Jay White as well. Mm-hmm. What's he actually said that's really interesting or detestable? It's good version of Ms. Catchphrase repetition for me, Jay White. Yeah. He often tells you he's a catalyst. He tells you this and he tells you that. But has it moved the story along in any given week or is he just mm-hmm. reading his... I would I would say, him? right, in... Like, like something like, be my Valentine, okay? Like, I'll give you your own goddamn scar. Like, all these quotable lines from these big, great AEW big, big promos, right? Um... I reckon if I put you on the spot in a month, I'll say, say, tell me one thing Jay White said throughout this build. You'll never get it. Yeah. Ever. That's not just a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got tofu in my head and that's not his. That's, yeah. But uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts on, uh, uh, aside from, he's so good in the ring as well. International champion Jay White, 
I would like I'd like that next year for a few weeks. Yeah, like you know him just doing these great matches, just squeaking by, and just like people desperate for him to get dethroned. But he's not a top guy. I just don't think. Well, let us know your thoughts on AEW Dynamite in the comment section or on X at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet or Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Andy will be back later on to give our predictions on Full Gear. I'll get Sidgwick's predictions on the Collision preview tomorrow mm-hmm. as well. And all going well, we'll be doing a live. I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think Full so. Full gear review on Monday on YouTube as well. Uh, Throw your takes in into the chat. Yeah. But one way or another, we'll be doing yeah. a review on Monday uh, of Full Gear. Uh, but for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Review. My thanks to Hamlet Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 